everyone, back again. Today, I wasn't really planning on doing this, but today I want to address some of the concerns that were raised in comments made on the last episode I did on Karl Popper's The Conspiracy Theory of Society, specifically the concern that Karl Marx is a conspiracy theorist, or might be. And the reason I'm doing this is because it's actually part of my own work to some extent, and I've been holding off doing it until I'm actually done my schoolwork forever. Uh, when that time comes, then I was going to do a more um, thorough excavation of what I did there uh, for my dissertation. But, I mean, what better time than now to dig specifically into this question, whether or not Karl Marx was a conspiracy theorist, and what that might mean for Marxists studying Marx and the applicability of his thought to understanding today. Now, before jumping into it, hi, I'm David. I explain philosophical concepts and ideas and ways to make them accessible to you. So if you're new here, like, share, subscribe. You can see my 300 episodes I already have up. If you found this on YouTube, you're gonna be able to find it in podcast form, pretty much anywhere where you get podcasts under all the same names. If you found this in podcast form, you can find the video for it on YouTube. If you wanna follow me anywhere than here, you can find me on Instagram at theory underscore and underscore philosophy or on Twitter at David Guineo. If you wanna do any of that stuff, you can help me out monetarily via Patreon or PayPal, but no pressure to do that. Just share it with your friends. That would help. Yeah, so let's talk about Marx as a conspiracy theorist. And in order to grapple with this question, it's important to establish what a conspiracy theory is. So I'm gonna caveat this by saying that there is some disagreement among academics as to how to actually define a conspiracy theory. But for the purpose of this episode, which you can drag me through the comments for if you don't like my definition, let's just call a conspiracy theory a theory that is an explanation about an event or phenomenon that can be ascribed to two or more people working to disenfranchise one group in order to enfranchise themselves. So these are two people working, perhaps in secret, maybe not necessarily so, to take someone else's stuff or power and instill their own, to gain their own stuff or power. So one of the marks of a conspiracy theory, then, at least this is where some of the contention lies, is that it will likely conflict with official accounts. It will likely conflict with what has been established as true. It will likely not supply its argument with the requisite number of evidentiary points in order to justify and validate that argument, but not necessarily. Anyways, these are some guideposts to help us understand what we mean when we talk about Marx as a conspiracy theorist. Now we can mostly find evidence of this within his volumes of Capital, mostly in footnotes really, where there is maybe the most use of conspiracy theories, that is pointing to secret groups working in tandem to disenfranchise entire populations, that is the working class. So he'll draw upon the Masons, for example, and say that there's like a Freemasonry of capitalists a cabal working together deliberately with intent to disenfranchise one group of people, the proletariat. So he says that in the case of the Irish potato famine, this was made really, it was really utilized by both individual landlords and the English legislator to forcibly carry out the agricultural revolution so as to diminish the pool of working people in Ireland to the point to the, to the point that it would be satisfactory for the landlords. Moreover, in the third volume of Capital, he writes that no matter how much competition there is among capitalists, 
they are still united via a Freemasonry of ideals against the working class, to work in secret against that class and to coordinate their efforts. Now in these texts, he doesn't actually provide evidence for that. And this is how we can view Marx as a conspiracy theorist. He's drawing upon the language and even in the German, the original German, the language is the same. He's drawing upon the language in such a way as to evoke the sense that there is this secret organization conspiring against the majority of the population. Now, it's not just Marx who says this. If we look back even further to the work of Adam Smith, we find very similar arguments being raised, which might seem strange. Like, of course, Smith wouldn't say that, but he does. So in The Wealth of Nations, he says that masters always and everywhere work in a sort of tacit, constant, and uniform combination in order to not raise the wages of labor above their natural rate, above their real rate. And they will go so far as to coordinate amongst themselves in order to deflate those wages, to make them lower than they should probably be. And he even goes so far as to say that this action, these actions are conducted with the utmost secrecy and silence until they are executed, until the wages have been decreased or kept at their level deliberately. Then he concludes by saying that anyone who denies this, anyone who doesn't say or acknowledge that there is this conspiracy of landlords, of masters, in Smith's words, is ignorant to the world and is ignorant to the way that capitalist relations work. And this might seem totally strange, like that Adam Smith would say this, but just as a side point, Adam Smith was not quite as celebratory of capitalism and many of the terrible things at birth as perhaps he's caricatured to be which isn't to defend him. There are many, many, many problems there. Uh, very much racism uh, certainly being, being part of that. But he was critical of the ways that people can exploit the system. So he didn't view the system itself as being problematic. He saw that there were individual people within it that was problematic. So to this point, you're probably thinking, you probably don't like me. Uh, that is pointing to or suggesting that Marx was a conspiracy theorist. But I would argue that that is only the case if we actually view the conspiracy theorist in a negative light, and we treat them as though they are someone who is devoid of intelligence, somebody who is not employing active reasoning in their pursuit of knowledge, in their efforts to try and understand the world. So if we take a step back and instead interrogate that term, I think that we can open the door for a more fruitful engagement with the content of what is actually being said. So in the case of Karl Marx, if we just take his examples of people uniting as via sort of Freemasonry that he supplies like no evidence for, at least when he brings it up, then we might be left like, okay, well, that didn't really give us anything. However, if we contextualize his points within the broader matrix of capitalist relations, we find that it houses a significant amount of truth. And there is something within the conspiracy theory as a narrative style that is able to convey certain truths that can often go unrecognized. So in the case of the capitalist economy that we know from Louis Althusser, we know from Marx, is very good at naturalizing itself. And we see this in Smith as well. What it does really well is convince people that it is the only way to conduct economic relations. So in that case, all of the institutions that emerge within it are gonna be geared in such a way as to maintain that naturalization and that normalization and make it seem as though there is no alternative. And this means that it can be difficult to ascertain, to assess, and to validate 
anything that emerges, any idea that emerges that conflicts with that naturalization. So in this case, or in these types of cases, conspiracy theories might be particularly effective at pointing to the ways in which a system is unjust without relying upon the pre-established procedures that the system sets forth that can be used to criticize it. So it is about using tools that do not readily comply with that system. So a conspiracy theorist, at least in my mind, isn't to be shunned, isn't to be uh, ignored just a priori. They are to be engaged with in terms of the, not necessarily the evidential merits of their claims, but rather to situate their claims within a broader context and to understand what truths it conveys that evade traditional forms of assessment of reasoning. Now to this you might say, well, Marx provides lots of evidence though for what he says. It's not as though he's just talking about some ephemeral types of oppression that we need to use uh, some kinds of storytelling to be able to identify. And that's totally true. And he absolutely does identify the many problems with the capitalist relations of production. He digs into uh, political texts, economic texts. He digs into like people's personal correspondences, people's testimonies in government to demonstrate that there is this like real conspiracy of capitalists working against the proletariat. And that's totally legitimate. Uh, it's like pushes him outside of the realm of conspiracy theorist into just a person who identifies conspiracies, not, not just peddling theories that aren't substantiated. So I think it's important to maintain both, that there is this evidential merit there that lends credence in these traditional forms that we can use to draw attention to the fundamentally unjust nature, unjust nature of this system while also leaving room not to discredit conspiracy theories or conspiracy theorists outright. And there are others like Popper, for example, who just brandish Marx as a conspiracy theorist. Like I said, others as well that just say that it's just a, a wild conspiracy theory. Anything Marx says can't be taken seriously. So it's important to undo that in my mind, to recognize the evidential merit of Marx's work while also opening up other possibilities within his text that maybe those moments that don't necessarily meet those evidential criteria, but we can still find value in for the fact that they are still addressing, they're still illustrating the nature of the system in another way, in the form of a conspiracy theory. So yeah, I hope that that was able to give uh, that some more context. Uh, if anyone would like to add, I'd love to hear more about it. And like I said, once I've finished my dissertation, I'll do a bigger thing about this and the question of evidence and Marx's place within it and how, you know, how we can lend some degree of legitimacy to conspiracy theorists. But yeah, on that note, if you like what I did, like, share, subscribe. If you didn't, you can dislike, you can comment how much I ruined your day. You can leave a bad review on a podcast platform, anything you like. And on that note, take care.